Hi, welcome to Play Therapy Across the Lifespan. This is a podcast to help counseling professionals and students use play therapy to facilitate deep healing. I'm glad you found us. I'm Dr. Denise Thomas, and I coordinate the play therapy specialization at Lipscomb University in Nashville. We've created this place for learning, growing, and being real. Play therapy can be exhausting, but so rewarding. Thanks for inviting us to join you on your journey. In season one, we want to start with the basics. How do you do this play therapy thing? Around here, we believe that play therapy is more than just kids. So we'll talk about using it with adults and adolescents too. I know there's something for you. So let's get started. Welcome to the second episode of Play Therapy Across the Lifespan. This season, we are talking about the basics. So today, I'm going to discuss creating a safe space for your clients. As I mentioned in the last episode, there are many great approaches that use play as the modality of treatment. I teach play therapy through the child-centered lens, which is based on the work of Carl Rogers. He believed that people have a natural growth potential that happens when the client is safe enough to do that changing. As the counselor or therapist, we create the safe space. In fact, Carl Rogers went so far as to say that the relationship is the therapy. It's that important. You may be wondering how to create that safe space. You do it by creating three conditions that facilitate a warm, trusting space. Those three conditions are empathy, genuineness, and unconditional positive regard. Empathy is understanding the world from the client's perspective. It's that sense that you get it that a client perceives. Genuineness is being yourself. You know, we often think we need to hide behind a professional persona and be the expert, but we are much more helpful to our clients when we are genuine. That means you won't always have to be the expert. It also means that you can fully use the best tool you have in the counseling session, yourself. Unconditional positive regard is valuing your clients simply because they exist, not for what they have or have not done, but because they are. Empathy, genuineness, and unconditional positive regard. If you become skilled at those three things, your clients will have better outcomes. It seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? You'd think that becoming skilled at asking the right questions or following a certain protocol would help clients more. But stop and think for a minute. How many relationships do you have where you truly feel like the other person gets you, is honest, and truly cares for you, flaws and all? Those relationships are rare at best. If you've been fortunate enough to experience one, I'd bet those are the places where you could share uncomfortable things, test out new ideas, and risk expressing something vulnerable. And when you're with the expert who seems to have it all together, well, that's probably when you try to perform. And in counseling, that is not when the deep healing work happens. (music) 
I am not a neuroscientist. However, the field of neuroscience is providing evidence of what play therapists have known for years. In the previous segment, I talked about the importance of creating a safe space. Now, I want to tell you why it works. We all have these things called implicit memories, memories that are below our conscious level. These are experiences that we don't remember on the surface. They may be harmless or they may be traumatic, but we all have them and they may impact our current lives without us realizing it. That's why your clients come to see you. What neuroscientists have discovered is that when we are in connection with another person in a relationship that feels safe, those implicit memories become conscious. Safety then begins a physical healing from that past pain that occurs in the brain, as well as emotional healing. And it happens within the context of a safe space. Carl Rogers said that the relationship is the therapy. Neuroscientists talk about connection and implicit memories. I'm telling you that regardless of which theoretical orientation you choose for play therapy, creating a safe space for your client is essential if you want to do healing work. I'm Caitlin, and I recently earned a graduate degree from Lipscomb University. Located in Nashville, Tennessee, Lipscomb University offers a KCREP accredited Master of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling. One of only 29 approved play therapy centers in the world, Lipscomb's Clinical Mental Health Counseling degree is designed to include a specialization in play therapy. Graduates can become a licensed professional counselor with a mental health service provider designation. Accepting applications now. More information at lipscomb.edu slash counseling. People that love play therapy tend to be the kind of people that love fun, creativity, and relationships. They're the same people that twitch at the word research. Yet research is the backbone of this treatment modality. It gives our profession credibility and it helps us become better at what we do as we learn about what works. I teach my students in the first semester to learn how to read a research article in 15 minutes or less. Yes, skimming is absolutely allowed. If you did this every workday for a year, you'd read about 250 articles instead of letting those journals pile up as unread reminders. And that's barely 3% of your work week. Rachel Sellers is that rare individual that is passionate about working with kids, but also passionate about research. She's going to share some of the current research in play therapy, and I promise it won't be dull and boring. Today, we've been talking about the importance of cultivating emotional safety in the therapeutic relationship. This is one of my favorite topics because the recent neuroscience research absolutely supports this notion that the therapeutic relationship is a crucial, if not the most crucial component in the therapeutic process. So today I'm going to briefly describe the polyvagal theory and how the therapist's presence can deepen the client's felt sense of safety. 
Dr. Stephen Porges is a behavioral neuroscientist, and he came up with this polyvagal theory. His theory essentially says this, I am constantly scanning my environment to determine whether or not I am safe. And the fancy science term for this is called neuroception. And this is happening via my nervous system, which is essentially just my mind-body connection. My nervous system is made up of two main circuits. One is associated with defense, and one is associated with safety. And my body responds in different ways, depending on which system or circuit is activated. So for example, if I'm the client and I don't feel safe, my inborn defense mechanisms are activated. So this is my fight, flight, freeze, or even collapse response. And I'm physiologically unable to open up to and trust my therapist. I may be stuck in feelings of anxiety, fear, numbness, and even dissociation. But when safety is communicated to me by my therapist via warm facial expressions, soft eye contact, an open body posture, a calming tone of voice, then my defenses are less and I'm more open to trusting the therapist. I'm less defensive and I'm more open and present in the here and now and my physiology is calmed. It is in this space where deep healing begins. And this is especially important for our clients who've experienced trauma or attachment wounds, whose bodies are very likely stuck in a defensive state. The polyvagal theory supports that the therapeutic alliance can help the client strengthen a new muscle and create new neural pathways, giving them greater accessibility to feelings of safety, openness, and self-exploration. And this also spills over to the other relationships in the client's life. So the therapeutic relationship, in essence, gives them a model of how to be more connected and grounded in other relationships. In short, our nervous system is always working to detect either safety or danger, and how we are in relationships is connected to how safe we feel. Emotional safety is crucial because it helps to lessen defense mechanisms and it creates optimal conditions for growth and change. Thank you, Rachel, for that research summary. For someone who doesn't know a lot about neuroscience, though, what would you recommend? Like, what kind of resources would they start with? So one of my favorite books is by Bruce Perry, who does a lot of research in the neuroscience world, as well as working with trauma. Um, And he wrote a book called The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog. And it is grounded in research, but it truly reads more like a narrative. Um, And he really captivates his readers. It's pretty fairly easy to understand. So that's a great place to start. I would say if, if you want to learn more about the polyvagal theory itself, to read anything by Dr. Stephen Porges. He's kind of the king of all things polyvagal. Um, and then I would recommend looking into works by Bessel van der Kolk and Dan Siegel. Good. All good resources. Thank you for sharing those with us. That's all for today's podcast. As always, you can find the links to the research and all the resources in the show notes. Try this today. In one conversation, try to really understand the other person's world from their perspective. Please subscribe so that you know each time we release a new episode. We don't want you to miss a single one. Play Therapy Across the Lifespan is made possible through the Lipscomb University Center for Play Therapy and Expressive Arts. If you have comments or questions, Let us know at playtherapypodcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks to Rachel Sellers for the research summary and audio engineer Sheldon Clark, an alumnus from our play therapy program who makes us sound really good. Finally, a big thank you to another of our talented play therapy students, Sarah Beth Goh, who has allowed us to use her song, Firefly. Look for Sarah Beth and Sheldon's original songs on Spotify or wherever you find good music. I'm your host, Dr. Denise Thomas. Now go play, create, and heal. You've got so much to say And not a lot of words I'll come along and believe That your song isn't broken Soon you're going to see broken soon you're going to see that you've got